here we sit at the end of week three, starting week four. You just finished a paper, which I have not looked at yet, so don't freak out. Um, one of the nice things about the, the rhythm of the course right now is we didn't do any extra journals or anything like that, so you had times to focus on the responses to who you think you are. Um, and that should be easy to write and it should be easy to grade. So I'll probably do that later this afternoon. Um, the comments, I, I've got two comments. One, I want to refer back to a lot of what I've read in the discussions and, and kind of just throw some other ideas at you. And also when it comes to the discussions, I am very not sure why some of you are not able to rate um, other people. Um, I, I've noticed this week, as I've checked the grade book, um, there's a number that don't have ratings, and I've gotten at least three or four emails from some of you who had tried and were not able to. Um, I'm not seeing an issue. I'm going to ask a colleague about what I might have done on the settings that would be different. Um, I can't see anything radically different from the last week or so. Um, so if you don't have a rating, don't freak out. I will not zero you out um, because there are people trying to give you ratings and try to do stuff for you. Um, and if you have a rating, that's great. Um, if you were able to continually rate in the past three weeks, maybe tell me how or why. And if you were able to in the last two weeks, but not this past week, let me know maybe how or why. Um, I'm not seeing the issue, but okay. So this week, the, the questions, I do have a bit I want to share just because um, it's interesting that it correlates with a, a conversation I'm having with a student in an independent study. Um, and my thoughts are my thoughts. So it's not really giving you any greater insight on Jonathan Haidt or, or anything else specifically, but maybe more food for thought. Um, our culture is an interesting thing when it comes to um, no man is a woman or an I or <laughs> no man or woman is an island. And yet um, we focus on everything in terms of accomplishment. One of the things when we consider the term sacred um, there's a different um, author by the name of Jacques Ellul, uh, who I'm reading right now for just for fun. Um, and one of the things he says about the sacred, the sacred works with three things, and it's um, time and space and society. And part of the time and space language in the sacred, if you will, is it is how we get a rhythm and practice to our life rituals demarcations and this is true of lots of religions um so not just christianity and i've been talking about this a lot in my varieties of religious experience class that's part of why this is interesting crossover material but what that means is <clears throat> excuse me the we have these markers, right? If you take a sort of church calendar year, you have a festival period and a non-festival period. And embedded in that calendar, in those different periods, are other rites and rituals and practices of, of maybe confirmation, of communion, of baptism, of marriage. 
And what those do is they mark off major parts of our life. They, um, we have remembrances of the dead, say like an All Saints Day. We have other things that, uh, not necessarily the seasons, but there's a correlation to major celebrations like Christmas and Easter to fall and spring. <clears throat> and that's great. It creates this whole community rhythm to life, like how we capture a year and how we mark off things for our own well-being. And that's me. And what that means is without that day to day, month to month, year to year, would just seem weird. Like the seasons change, who cares? Things happen, who cares? So it's important to have this sort of rhythm to one's life. But so desperate and so necessary is this rhythm of life. We've kind of crafted out these rhythms of life for ourselves growing up. I mean, there's just a plan to follow. And it's in some ways it's great. It's better to have a plan than no plan. Uh, than the plan, right? You go to school, you go to grade school, you go to uh, middle school, you go to high school, you go to college. And in college, you start doing the next next set of plans. You, you maybe grad school or maybe a job. You want to meet someone. You want to have a family. You want to buy a house. And here's the difficulty, though. And we have a whole culture focusing on this because they're easily discernible, identifiable goals and accomplishments that you can deal with. And yet you will have all those done by the time you're 30. And then that's where the problem comes in because you have done all those things. And I will tell you that life between 30 and retirement is weird because then you only have the rhythm of life. And if you don't have one that's established very well, it's, it's weird. Um, and then we have set up most people to be, uh, just faceless individuals rather than part of a community and the sacred is kind of carved out for the community and the profane is really interesting too insofar as a lot of times it is our behavior that doesn't acknowledge that there should be sort of a sacred rhythm and pattern and order to life and so we live deeply um, individualistic lives and we rarely see the importance or value of others and that's where it really sits and I noticed a lot a lot of your responses focused on um, social media and that is it in some ways right it's a good example of having a false community that's really individually self-serving and doing it in such a way that it does become profane in the sense of um, none of it necessarily has to do with any kind of sort of divine rhythm or sacred rhythm to one's life. It is whatever we craft out and much of what we craft out can be very hopeless, right? It doesn't have the same meaning or import. and it's, it's hard to have some of this conversation because as, as I've looked through your answers, I think they're very good. And it isn't always just about Christianity or that kind of faith. It is the profane is very much a life without any kind of faith, any kind of interaction with the fact that the world could be bigger, better, good, beautiful, true than what you see. Um, in the profane, unfortunately, we've taught that the world is a place for investigation only, not to know it as the sense of what it means 
in my life or for the world in, in a whole, but to know it in terms of what can I do with it? What can I make with it? What can I take apart and use? Um, right at the moment, I'm in my office looking at the tree and like, I don't really want to know the tree. I want to know what I can do with the tree. Can I tear it apart? Can I sell it? Can I break it? Can I make something out of it? And we've done that. That's the profane in the world right now. It's because we've done that to the world and then we do it to each other. We don't really want to know each other. We want to break it down, break others down, potentially use them, potentially exploit them. And that is not a sacred life.